Welcome to Grace in Public, preaching and teaching in the heartland and all around the world. And now we'll go straight to our main message. The temporal value system constantly encourages you to compare. And that's good within the reasonable bounds of God's grace and will. You go and you compare your child with somebody else's child. You compare your home with someone else's home. You compare your job with someone else's job. You compare prices at the shopping center. And that's good. It's good stewardship. But I'm speaking of the fact that we're always comparing. We'll compare one speaker with another speaker. We'll compare a church with another church. We'll compare a message with another message. We'll compare somebody we like with someone else that perhaps we don't like quite as much. We'll compare our fellowships and determine which one we get the most out of. We compare personalities. We compare workers. We're always comparing. And our life is made up of comparing. We really live so much of the time in human comparisons. Of course, that leaves us on several various areas of our lives and with different attitudes. For some, it leaves us feeling insecure because we didn't live up to our comparisons. For others, it leaves us proud because we far outreached the one we compared ourselves with. But the comparison system on the relevant righteousness level is extremely sickening. I'll repeat that again. The comparison system on the relevant righteousness level. We compare how good someone is or someone that isn't. We compare how fluent someone is or speaking with someone that perhaps doesn't speak fluently. We compare one singer with another singer and we compare how they express themselves. Then we decide which one we like the best. And we form an opinion and that opinion regulates our attitude and that attitude reveals our heart and our heart expresses what we're like in capacity toward the thing that we're comparing. The Lord Jesus said through the Apostle Paul, He said, listen, They that compare themselves by themselves and measure themselves by themselves are not wise. Now, I'm not speaking of good comparisons like shopping prices when I say this now. That's sensible. But I'm speaking of the many others that we've already mentioned. He said, stop living in a comparison system. Don't compare yourself with someone else and feel inadequate and never develop your own potential because of faith. And when you start comparing, you'll always feel inadequate and your own potential will not be developed. And you will not be creative in your adventure to go on and develop this that seems to be inadequate. But the Lord Jesus said, listen... I want you to compare yourself to the rule that I have distributed to you. 
And what is the rule? The rule is that without me, you can do nothing. And in John's Gospel, chapter 15, without me, in verse 5, you are nothing. And in 1 Corinthians, the third chapter, he that planteth is not anything, and he that watereth is not anything, but God gives the increase. What is the rule that God has given us? Every person that is anything is what they are by the grace of God. So there's nothing to compare. Rather than comparing in any realm or domestic evaluation, we go to the cross and we say, Lord Jesus, I don't have to compare. And I don't have to compete. And I don't have to be one that lives up to the adequacy of a certain standard of living to succeed mentally with others. I simply am coming, Lord Jesus, to the rule that you've distributed to all of us. And that rule is this, that without you, I am nothing. And everyone that plants there, thank God for them, but they're nothing. And the person that waters is nothing. But God gives the increase. And so we get the story that the whole thing is but God. And Joseph said, I was in prison, but God was with me. He said to those that was fearing because of his pains and because of his old age, he said, I die, but God will go with you into the wilderness. Paul said in 2 Timothy 4:16 and 17, I was in jail and no man came unto me, but God did. But God. The Lord Jesus said, don't compare. Don't even begin to rationalize. Don't enter into the system of relevant righteousness or relevant success or relevant effectiveness or relevant uh, popularity or relevant domestic issues in any area. Don't enter into the comparison system, but rather come to the cross and say, Lord Jesus, I am what I am by the grace of of God and that's all and well I know it and well I understand that everything that I have I received and everything that I've done you did it through me because of what you did for me and Lord Jesus everything that everybody else has is from God no matter how great or whatever it is it's from you and so, seeing that everything is but God, Lord Jesus, I come. And I'm not going to be occupied with my spirituality in comparison with other people's spirituality. I'm not going to be occupied comparing myself with others that win more souls than I do. I'm not going to compare myself when I hear somebody say that they travail in the middle of night and it touches my heart and it's beautiful that they do and maybe God wants me to, but I don't have to compare myself with them. Because they're doing that by the grace of God. 
And the, and the person that's winning souls is doing that by the grace of God. And the person that is a good singer is singing because of the grace of God. And the person that is an excellent preacher is that because of the grace of God. And the person that has a ministry that's being blessed, it's only by the grace of God. And every single thing that any man or woman has is only because of the grace of God. And therefore, I never have to measure myself by them, but only by love for which God gave me will I measure myself. And then I'll discover that I've been accepted in it without comparison. I'll repeat that again. Then I'll understand that I have been accepted in it in Ephesians 1.6 without comparison. And how beautiful it is to be loved by God without comparison. And when you fail and fall into sin, you don't have to compare yourself with someone that didn't. You go to the rule that God has distributed to each one of us, which is forgiveness, repent through love, and accept grace. And accept grace. And instead of thinking, they're good and I'm not, you don't compare yourself with them, though, that you don't, though they appear to be much more spiritual even though you've honestly failed and literally you've fallen but you come to the Lord Jesus and you said and you say I'm not comparing with anyone else I'm rebounding and then I'm going to allow the rule that you have given the rule of love the main reign of grace in Romans 5:21 the reign of grace the rule of love the throne ministry of mercy the fellowship of the blood of Calvary, I'm going to let that totally monopolize my thinking. Without comparison, I'm accepted. Without comparison, I have been restored. Without comparison, I'm valuable to you, though I'm nothing, because of the grace of God. When the Apostle Paul was some 62 to 65 years of age. It is believed, I said believed, we are not sure, that he died at the age of 67 when he was martyred. But when the Apostle Paul came, and at the age of 62, he wrote from prison, he said, the Lord Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. In 1 Timothy 1.15, what was the apostle saying? He said, listen, I was chief of sinners. I am chief of sinners. Though I'm suffering for Jesus in jail, I'm the chief of sinners. But I don't have to compare myself to anyone. I don't have to. Because of the rule that he has distributed unto me, which is a love that forgave, a forgiveness that forgot, a grace that reigns, a fellowship that I've been hid in and a finished work that I've seated above in. And I don't have to compare. I'm simply expressing by faith what he's given me without comparison. And then Paul said in Romans 7 when he was having that tremendous conflict 
after learning the mechanics of the operation of the spirit-filled life. And he, and he tried to put that mechanics and experience in seven. And the sin nature began to reign and rule and convict him of the law. And he felt unclean. And he said, the things that I do do, I should not do. And the things I should not do, I am doing. In Matthew and Romans, the seventh chapter. And right away, he started comparing his life to the law. And he felt extremely guilty. And his back was backed right up against the wall. And he said in verse 24, O wretched man that I am, who will ever deliver me? I've compared myself to the character of God expressed in the law. And I find that I'm failing on every end. And the thing that I do, I shouldn't. And the thing I shouldn't do, I'm doing. Oh, my God, how wretched I am. And as he began to compare himself to a law of the letter, he began to feel guilty, confused, frustrated, insecure, unhappy, wretched, miserable. And he backed right up against the wall and he said, Lord, I've had it. I'm wretched, wretched, wretched. The comparison system will make you feel wretched. If you compare with people, you'll either be proud or inferior. If you compare yourself to the law, you'll always be condemned. Always. And then he cried out in the 25th verse of the 7th chapter of Romans. And he said, but I thank God through Jesus Christ. I thank God. I'm not comparing myself to the law. Yes, my flesh is wicked. Yes, my heart is deceitful. Yes, I'm wretched. Yes, I fail. Yes, I'm inadequate. Yes, I'm insecure. Yes, I'm boastful and proud and a Pharisee of the Pharisee and a scribe of the scribes and yet a sinner of sinners. Yes, I say something and it doesn't come to pass. I make promises but can't keep my vows. I try to do things that I profess I'm going to, but I don't. I say, I'm not going to do something, but I do it. My God, I'm sick of it. And all of a sudden, in the wretchedness of comparing himself to the law, he cries out three words, I thank God through Jesus Christ. Who did he compare himself to? No one. But he thanked God that he was loved without comparison. And in Romans, the 8th chapter in the first verse in the original Greek, there are only two words in that entire verse that the King James has several. And it's given an explanation point, and it's no condemnation. And he shouted out and screamed it in an intensified, amplified voice. And he said, no condemnation. And the Greek reads it very beautifully. The same intensification of hollering out wretched man. And, and the Greek gives it that he hollered that out. And he backed up against the wall in the Greek syntax, like and unto. And he hollered out, oh wretched man that I am, I'm sick. But in the same breath, in the next line, Jesus Christ came in and showed him that he loved him without comparison. And he said, I love, I thank God through Jesus Christ. And then he said, no condemnation. And that came also in an amplified voice. It's so good this morning to be able to live without comparisons. Accept it as you are. Loved at your present degree of living. The promises are yours to go on from this day forward. And no matter how many times you fail, 
He won't compare you with yesterday. Listen to me. He doesn't compare my life today with what it was yesterday. If it was in spiritual yesterday and not today, he doesn't compare it. I have Christ's love to enter right into instantly for today, even though ten minutes ago it was failing. I don't enter into comparisons of my own spiritual state. I enter into the love that he has distributed to us by grace. And I can be accepted in the present standing of my experiential faith and the finished work for which He has made me into the state of being who He made me to become. And by the grace of God, in the, in the beautiful and wonderful dynamics of His own divine provisions, I begin to realize that I will never, ever once have to experience a comparison. And several times in the Hebrew and in the Greek, the real meaning of words like in Ephesians 3, ah, He loves you without measure. He loves you. In other words, He doesn't measure His love for you on the basis of your temporal value, relevant righteousness system, while you relate yourself to others on a relevant horizontal plane. That's not the degree by which He loves you, but He loves us on the basis of His own blood, on the grounds of His own redemption, on the finished work of His own, of his own throne ministry. He loves you on the basis that He'll meet you where you are, and meet me where I am, and love me where I am, and give me forgiveness where I am and let me go on from right now where I am and be brand new in every area of my life where I am with no comparisons. And you know this, I never have to compare my life even with God. I never have to compare my life with God because God has taken care of my life so that there is nothing to compare. He's crucified it. He's buried it. And it's not existing in the comparative level in the positional reality of His own divine revelation. And I don't have to compare myself to the law, to people, to things, to God, to the temporal value system. I don't have to. I can grow in grace and knowledge in 2 Peter 3.18. I can be loved and I can love. I can have joy and I can express it. I can be free and be liberated and give my freedom to others. I can walk in the Spirit without comparison to anything at all. And I can say and mean it with all my heart. I am what I am by the grace of God. If I'm very, very effective, it is by the grace of God. If I'm just giving a cup of cold water, it's by the grace of God. If I'm in a sick bed ministering life and not apparently getting healed, it's by the grace of God. If I'm well and healthy and have a beautiful body, it's by the grace of God. If whatever I am, it's by the grace of Almighty God. And that's where I'm living and that's how I'm growing, and that's how I know truth, and that's how I look at others through the grace of God, and I think of them in terms of the grace of God, and when they're weak and frail, they need the grace of God. When I'm weak and frail, I need the grace of God, and we need it all the time. And no matter what the situation is, the answer is not comparing, not measuring, but living in the grace that produces the faith that works by love according to the Word. Thank you for tuning in. If you can, don't forget to send a tax-deductible gift to us. Your generous donation made to our program promotes this broadcast and ones like it going out on the Internet and broadcast on local stations 
throughout the United States. So please prayerfully consider what you can give. Find out how to give your donation at www.graceandpublic.com. Wow, what great, what a great message. What great verses there in 2 Corinthians 10 and following. For we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves. But they, measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves, are not wise. (laughs) Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? It's very clear the scripture says, for the spiritual person to compare themselves to another or among a group of people, it isn't wisdom. The Apostle Paul is saying, I will not even enter into that comparison with those who would try to make me compare myself with them, to measure up somehow to them. In Romans 5, starting in verse 19, it's really saying that, that there, are, there are two measures of righteousness. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. That as sin reigned unto death, so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. So, there's really only Adam and Christ. Adam falls short. Christ never will fall short. He is eternally righteous. He is the righteous one. And grace reigns through that righteousness. Okay, so we say we are not comparing ourselves anymore. We're not comparing ourselves. We're not in competition. And our thinking with others are in with ourselves. But how do we think now? And the scripture gives us great references. In Ephesians 1.6, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. Who made us accepted in the beloved? He hath made us accepted in the beloved. Ephesians 1.11 In whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. <laughs> Wow, that God works things after the counsel of his own will. Acts 13.39 And by him all that believe are justified from all things, from which he could not be justified by the law of Moses. Hebrews 10.14 For by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. What comparison can be made? to a person who's been perfected forever by God himself. Awesome. And that is where we are. As believers, we have entered into perfection that needs no comparison. Colossians 1.12 Giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. 2 Corinthians 1.21 talks about us being established with you in Christ and and anointed. And the one who does the establishing is God. 
In James 4.8 it says, Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. And what is double-minded there? The one who lives always between two, two extremes, and comparing back and forth, going back and forth, weighing the pros and cons. This is a double-minded man, caught between two ideas, instead of focusing on the author and finisher of our faith. And this is how we cleanse our hands. This is what we draw near to. We draw near to God through Christ, boldly to that throne of grace, saying, here I am accepted. Here there is no comparison. Here there is no yes and no. There is only yes and amen in Christ Jesus. Hebrews 10.22, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Beautiful. Colossians 2.10 And ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. Wow. Are we getting, are we getting a theme here? <laughs> in 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. That newness is, is an ever-newness. This is new every moment. It isn't just new the moment you got saved. It's new now. The spirit-filled person it lives in newness of life. It's a quality. It's a kind of life that's new every moment. We are renewed. We are made new. Hmm. Galatians 6.15, For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. This is the value. Isn't it whether I do this or whether I do that, but that I'm new in Christ. Romans 15.13, this is a great place to leave this. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Truly, it is the life of God in us. It is being filled with the Spirit of God, being filled with the hope of the knowledge of the Scriptures so that the mind of God can dwell in us. And we can think about ourselves, we can think about others, the way God thinks about us. God is not comparing us to anyone. He loves us just as we are. Why? Because we're hidden in Christ, in God, and Christ is in us. We'd love to hear from you, so please go to our website and contact us. The web address is www.graceinpublic.com What a great hope to be free. To be free in your mind from comparing, from weighing back and forth, always comparing. To live a life of freedom is to live a life knowing that you're accepted. And to live a, a life knowing you're accepted by God means to receive Christ as your Savior. Have you done that today? You can do that today. You can do that. Perhaps the Spirit of God has touched you during this program and you realize that there is none that compares to Christ. 
He stands alone. He sits in righteousness at the right hand of the Father. There is no one in his class or caliber. He he is not insecure. He never has been and he never will be. He knows who he is. And he is fully comfortable in that knowledge. And he has won us a salvation to make us just as comfortable and assured in a peace that passes understanding. Receive that salvation. It's a free gift. Pray a prayer, something like this. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Ignite my spirit. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I receive the free gift of righteousness because you died, you were buried, you rose again, bearing my sin 2,000 years ago. And today, I receive by faith that free gift. And I pray you would move in my life. You would set me free in my thinking. And I ask this and pray this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.